This show may contain strong language and sexual content. If you're a minor looking for information or help without all the grown-up stuff, visit our website at mygayagendapodcast.com for resources. This episode contains discussion of medical and social transphobia in sports. It also contains discussions about the LGBTQIA community, but you probably figured that out already. It's right in the title. Monday, we're super gay. Tuesday is also gay. Wednesday is still pretty gay. And Thursday, I have a night class. Friday, we continue to be gay. Saturday is the gayest day. Sunday, yeah, it's still gay, but we also record a podcast. Hello and welcome to My Gay Agenda, an investigative podcast where we interview the queer community and plan our world domination. My name is Jen. My name is CJ and we are your co-conspirators and talking about whatever it is cis people think it is that we're trying to do. Uh, but CJ, what's on the buy schedule for today? Well, I'm really excited because, you know, uh, Jen, with your name sometimes being Jay, I was, like, looking around because, like, my name's CJ, and I was looking around because, like, it seemed like we were really low on, like, C's, but our <laughs> guest has two of them in her name. Hello, Cece. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. Cool, cool. Um, Glad so, to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? Yeah, good. I'm excited to chat with you. We met, like, almost, like, half a year ago at OutFest. Yes, it's (laughs) it's been a long time coming, but I'm definitely glad to be here now and be able to do this. Um, So I'm happy to contribute. Yeah. Want to tell us a little about you? Sure. Um, So again, my name is Cece Teles. I am originally from Bolivia, uh, La Paz. Um, I've moved here when I was about 10, and um, I've been living the American life, the American dream, so to speak. Um, and um, through my ex- uh, travels experiences, I've, I've gotten a chance to do quite a bit. Of, um, the last couple of years, I've involved myself more with uh, my community, which is, of course, the LGBTQ community. I've started running, and off of that, I started a running club called Less Run. Um, and through that, it's been a huge portal of mine to connect back to my community, give back to my community, uh, pair up and uh, partner up with other members of my community and beyond. Um, and that has just been so rewarding in so many ways. Um, and uh, it's allowed me to um, start focusing more on taking action on some things that should that need attention. Um, so getting into the bigger picture of not just the local issues, but also in a broader spectrum, you know, how... Um, our, our, our folks in LGBT uh, community being treated um, and what access do they have. So it, it's been quite a bit. So I'm excited to be a part of different things. I'm really excited to be, of course, um, be leading Les Run and um, partnering up with other groups as well, such as Front Runners, um, Athlete Ally, 261 Fearless, and other organizations. Awesome. Yeah. Um, we met at Outfest, you and I, um, as you were organizing like a booth for Les Run at Outfest and like representing the uh, club there, uh, I would love to hear more about Les Run. It seems like y'all started like as a pretty small, humble thing and it's grown quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we started off with the idea really started off in 2013. Um, a friend of mine, uh, we and a friend of mine were 
part of another running club. And what we were finding though, that it was nice to be part of something. We weren't really maybe fitting in and we were struggling to figure out why. Um, we wanted to represent um, something bigger and we, we were kind of searching as to what, what, what would that mean? And uh, it boiled down to wanting to be just as proud out and proud as every other running club that we saw out there. People were running for um, different reasons, different causes, and they were proudly wearing their shirts that said, this is who I am and who this, this is who I'm representing. And through that in Philadelphia, I didn't see that one was strictly uh, for the LGBTQ community. Oh. So um, we decided, you know, why don't we do it? Why don't we, you know, start up our own club and have a focus and have people around us that are like us, different than us, but, you know, with similar, uh, you know, maybe uh, interests and issues and things that we want to address and things that are important to have a different type of conversation and then represent, be visible and showcase who we are as well. And that, you know, we are, we exist and we're amongst you and we're competitors, we're good people, we're, we give back to the community as well and, and create a different dialogue with people. You know, someone will know a gay person and they'll have a good interaction with, uh, with them and maybe change their tune about, you know, knowing someone uh, of our caliber. So, um, it started small. Yeah, we started recruiting um, maybe for our first run in 2014 uh, at the beginning. And, uh, you know, we had several people that showed up. Um, it was slow to grow. It was slow to catch on. But eventually we started making our way into the community, into the races. We got our shirts printed and mm-hmm. the mission behind it, you know, was, hey, this is a, a safe space. You can come here. and You can freely be you. Talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. No judgment. Um, and people started coming through and we started hearing their stories, not just about running maybe their first race, but about them coming to terms with who they were and wanting to be around other people uh, with a similar interests and, you know, just overall maybe similar um, lives. So... It was amazing to see people just kind of blossom into who they were meant to be. And that for so long, they were kind of holding on and living in a, in a shell, thinking that there was no one else that would resemble them, no one else that would mirror them. Um, so once that started happening, I started saying, this is why I wanted Let's Run to come to, to be. I wanted to empower people. I wanted them, again, to have a safe space to go to, to release some stress, some energy that they had, maybe through running, of course, but then also through uh, forming friendships and partnerships. And um, since then, again, it's been about community involvement, giving back. Uh, we do a fundraiser for uh, the William Way. We've done fundraisers for Students Run Philly Style. We've done fundraisers for the Mazzoni Center. Um, and any race that we can support as a group, we decide, okay, this is a good cause, like back on my feet for homeless um, runners and, you know, all different things. Um, so we started getting ourselves more involved in that and then being visible. And again, it's important. I remember being at one race where I had my shirt on and my little nephew had his little shirt on, my, my cousin as well. And, mm-hmm. and it was like a, a church event. You know, we showed up and we ran. That's what, what my little uh, nephew wanted to run. And at the end, this woman came up to us and she says, where are you guys from? And I, at first I was going to take offense, but I'm like, okay, what's what's happening? Why are you, you know, coming to us specifically? Right. Uh, but she was just curious to know, you know, where did we come from? Who are we here representing? And she said, can I take a picture of you? Because it's important for everyone here to know who's supporting us. Mm. And I said, yes, this is why, <laughs> this is why people need to know, you know, we're, we're fighting for the same things. It doesn't have to be so divided. Um, so that's, again, when I started seeing Lesra needs to continue being uh, visible and needs to continue to be out there and it's going to impact people differently. 
um, not just people in our community, but allies and people who may be scared of us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, so it's been a it's been growing. Um, we've had now affiliations with um, the city as well with um, out uh, Opal, which is out Philadelphia Athletic League, where they focus on all the um, clubs in Philadelphia and all the organizations that are geared towards sports. And um, so we're part of that as well. Great, it's awesome. I I was really interested in uh, when I was like looking up Les Run and like um, all of the awesome articles that you've been featured in, um, all the publicity. Um, I noticed a theme of you creating this space to be like a safe space for queer runners and athletes. What would you say are some of the obstacles that queer athletes face specifically? Uh, well, as it stands right now, there are folks in the trans community that are being told they cannot run. Really? And they cannot, yeah, they cannot run and compete um, with mm. other uh, participants, oh, yeah. um, especially for males that are trans, uh, transitioning to females. Um, they're telling them you cannot run with females. Right, like trans women. Yeah, yeah. So that's disheartening um, at any level. Um, first, it started off with a professional uh, level, and now it's starting to trickle down into high schools, into colleges. Um, not so much, I think, in the colleges, but right now uh, in high school, there's that um, there's lawsuits that are going on. They're trying to uh, you know make sure that there's no access. Um, they're calling it it goes against fair play, um, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, so it, it's really horrible. I've been following um, Caster Semenya. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. I don't but believe she's, so. Okay, so Caster Semenya is a professional runner. Uh, typically, her focus is the 800 meters, um, and she's been dominating and dominating uh, for years. She's she's fast. She's great at what she does. She trains hard. Um, she didn't come from a wealthy background. She had to really sacrifice a lot um, to be able to be where she is now. And um, they, the athletic association just, um, you know, started doing more research into her um, and finding out more about her body. And they disclosed a lot of things that, um, you know, shouldn't have been public uh, record. Yeah. But uh, if, essentially, they were calling her a man mm. and saying that um, she was um, uh, intersexed and that um, because of that, she had higher levels of testosterone and that she should not be competing um, in the female group. Um, so beyond after that uh, went out, there were you know a couple of cases where they had to go to court and fight it. She had won, and then it went back again. Um, as of this moment, she is not allowed to run and compete in that particular um, uh, division. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it, they what they want is for her to take uh, medicine to lower her testosterone levels. Um, basically medicate and who knows what consequences uh, you know that will have to her body yeah. and it oh, just yeah. like flat out goes against science and how science works yeah, like, yeah. these are yeah. such like antiquated views of how bodies work like oh yeah testosterone automatically makes you stronger it's like not right. not yeah. necessarily yeah not, like that's not how it manifests and they're like <laughs> 
I, I know people who have higher levels of testosterone and that, that just manifests in that they have more facial hair than other people. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. that's not how any of that works. <laughs> Messing with your hormones um, can have all sorts of side effects. And the idea of like making someone do that just so they can compete is scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. the fact is that it has happened. There was another uh, a woman who ha- who did that, who did just that, followed the recommend- recommendations and took medicine to lower her testosterone and it ruined her career. It mm. ruined her career to the point where her, her bones became brittle. She was having oh. a lot of aches and pains and uh, now mm-hmm. she's not running and not doing what you know she, she originally wanted to do and ask who she was. She was made this way. This isn't doping. This isn't cheating. This isn't any of that. Yeah. You're born a certain way, you know? And uh, many say, you know, look at Michael Phelps, bigger hands, bigger lungs, bigger feet. You know, he was designed to be uh, an anomaly for the, the, the swimming world. And for that, they call him a champion. They call him, a, you know, the greatest uh, swimmer ever. Right. Yeah. You know, and no one says, no, you know, because of your lungs, you you know, you might be disqualified. You have greater capacity than everybody else. It's it's unfair. You know, they want to, again, call these um, advantages when when they see it happening to, you know, to someone else. So that has just been horrific in in, in the sport. And it still has a long way to go before it it gets to to being fair for everybody um, and to not medicate people in order for them to participate. You know? mm. I know when I get on the field, I am running against everybody. Mm-hmm. And I want to win against <laughs> those that are, you know, running out there. The best, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want people to be out there uh, medicated, you know, in, in any way. And then uh, me winning, like, how would that feel? I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, get up on the podium and say, oh, this was fair. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Plus, like, not so. like it has to in order to be legitimate, but this transphobia also has negative impacts on cisgender people. Like, mm-hmm. I saw, mm-hmm. um, like, when this was all, like, really in the news cycle before the news cycle became dominated by literally everything else going on right now, um, <laughs> I, there were, like, people sharing pictures of runners and being like, see, this is what happens when you let men compete in women's things. And people were like, every single one of the runners that are in these pictures are cisgender women. Like, you straight up are just being transphobic against cisgender people. Because... (laughs) (laughs) Like, you... Yeah. Because of what you think somebody's body looks like. And it really just shows that, like, you absolutely cannot predict what somebody's body is going to be like because of what gender they were assigned at birth, because of what parts they have or don't have. Like, Hmm. it just is absolutely frustrating seeing how much, like, the concept of binary gender has just completely um, overridden all scientific facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. They think that just because of one factor that there doesn't have to be any type of training, commitment, dedication behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, they just think that it's an automatic, oh, yep, you have that, that then you're going to win. You don't have to do anything. And it's like, really? You know, like, again, you look at Kester's, um, Kester Semenya's uh, background. It, it wasn't an easy background growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, she had to do a lot to overcome and to train and to do this and, you know, to call that an advantage is is really not, not fair at all, you know. There are people with higher testosterone levels who are not fast. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have we yeah. considered that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And like sometimes you see like the records of like these transgender athletes and it's like they lost a bunch of times too. So <laughs> like yeah. if you like if there was some huge advantage to being trans in sports, don't you think we would have used it a little bit more? Right. Like, <laughs> when? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it's absolutely. so twisted and they, they inject so much fear thinking that it's, you know, uh, millions and millions, you know, of, of, of these athletes doing this. And it's like, no, 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 no. And it's and it starts so small, too, because, again, at a younger age, you're discouraged from participating. You're discouraged from uh, going out there and, 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 and participating in sports, you know. So if it's right. starting now, how are they? How is anybody supposed to be able to grow in the sport and then to be able to practice it at a professional level? You know, you've yeah. been discouraged right from the start and saying no, you know, and again, that just breaks my heart. If, if I knew that, you know, maybe one day my nephew, you know, got to that to a specific level, he wanted to compete and was told no because of any reason, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I just can't say it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I imagine that like events with Les Run in general are probably on hold right now because of uh, COVID nineteen and all of that going on. I've also seen a lot of stuff uh, like in the news on social media, which is just a hellscape right now Ugh. about like runners and uh, COVID nineteen. What's been your experience there? Yes, um, it's been disheartening. Obviously, uh, unfortunately for us, we've stopped meeting as a group. Um, and again, when you talk about that safety of running in a group, um, when that disbanded, there were there was at least one runner that reached out to me and said, "Hey, are you guys still meeting? Can I run with you?" Um, you know, there's been harassment in the city, and I'm Asian, and I don't you know want to encounter. It. I'm afraid. I'm yeah. afraid to go out and run. And my heart just broke because I'm like, wait a minute, like, wh- how is it, you know, why does this have to happen on top of everything else? Now, the one thing that was, you know, releasing stress for her and something that she looked forward to now has become a thing of fear. And immediately, so like, of course, you know, like, I can run with you. Let me know what you want to do. And we're trying to coordinate some things. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And um, again, she was just fearful of, you know, actually coming and making her way down. That she was just like, you know, maybe I'll just wait until things settle down a little bit more and then we can run as a group. Mm. Um, you know, now it breaks my heart that she can't run out there and just be herself, you know, so, so that's been tough. Um, and then on top of that, you know, there's two, the, that runners are spreading germs by breathing hard and running, um, you know, close to people and not wearing masks. There's this big controversy of, you know, should you wear a mask when you're running? Should you not? What effects does it have on you when you're running with it? Um, some people have maybe asthma like I do. Mm-hmm. I have allergies on top of that. So it's already hard for me to breathe normally without a mask. Uh, put on a mask on me at the speeds that I'm going. Um, it is very hard to do. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I've changed my schedule to be able to go out there and run. I wear like a little, um, the buffs that you can pull up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So my if parents I see people- use those too for biking. Yeah, so though that's kind of been my safe haven. I've uh, been able to go out there and I try to avoid people altogether um, now. But if I run into someone, someone's coming down my way, I you know will pull it up and and run like that until I pass them and then pull it back down again. Right. So for for my safety and of course for for their safety as well. But um, there's just this 
big thing right now in the community of people trying to police everybody. And I'm like, I'm not getting into telling you what to do with your body <laughs> at any point. You know, I encourage you to practice safe habits. Um, and if that is, you know, putting on a mask from time to time and you, you guide yourself, how are you going to do? Because again, if you can't breathe, I don't want you passing out and then having that be a bigger issue hit your head and, you know, bigger things can come of that. Um, or if you just have panic attacks off of it, you know, people's mm. minds work differently. You know, yeah. so there's all kinds of things there. I just, um, you know, want everybody obviously to to stay active, um, think clearly about what that means to you when you go out there. Have resources like a mask handy if you need it. If you don't, you know, however you want to do that. Um, so you know, I've seen with my runners that they've been wearing their masks. For some that are in the city, you know, they have to wear for longer periods of time. And they talk about, you know, the discomfort and um, how they've also been changing the routes and running in other neighborhoods just to avoid the masses. So it's displacing runners uh, from their usual routines, which is a safety concern for me because now you're running in neighborhoods maybe that you're not familiar with, um, you know, and what kind of consequences could, you know, come off that. Sure. Yeah, I think it's it, like we're in a, like a tough period right now where there's still not a lot of definite answers in terms of like how the virus is spread, like what precautions are the best ones, though mm-hmm. it seems washing your hands is always a 100% guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's tough figuring out, like, the safest way to do things, because it's like, yeah, we do want to be careful, and you want to make sure that we're not, like, having people up in other people's spaces, I'm saying pointedly to everyone who goes to the grocery store when I go. Um, (laughs) But also, it's important to stay active, and it's important to to do so safely, so it's, like, difficult to find that that middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, the best thing you can really do is to... Uh, try to stay updated on what information is out there from reputable, reliable sources. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I saw this like inf- like this uh, animation that somebody did like a couple weeks ago, where like it showed like a like a grocery store aisle and then like a cloud of like the virus going over an aisle and then directly funneling into somebody's area from being spread out, and it's like. It's not Predator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I understand the concern, but it's not like you. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I exactly. have to strike you. Like, it's, <laughs> just, it's just in the air. Like, I don't... <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fear-mongering, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty that's leading people to, like, lash out and blame different things and different people, and it's wild (laughs) yeah it's tough and it's scary it is it is it's scary for the people that are processing this and scary for the people that maybe they want to communicate that too and Mm. you know you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get from anyone out there you know um again i do my own thing i keep to my business i'm the one that's wearing a mask so i i'm wearing i'm protecting myself essentially Mm -hmm. if i see someone without a mask i'm not gonna be like where is your mask but you know you're spreading germs to me i'm okay that's you i'm a Go, you know, farther from you and, um, you know, do what I got to do. But again, it, it's so individual of how people want to um, deal with the situation. And for a lot of people, they've just reached their boiling point where they're like, I'm not going to be told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And I'm living my life and, you know, I'm carrying on back to normal. 
you know, as things are still happening. I'm like, it's not over yet. Yeah. Got to have a little bit more patience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just and start over the year 2020. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> just, uh, so, Cece, what is something you would like to tell cishet people for the very last time and then you never have to hear it again? <sighs> I mean... You know, uh, it, it's interesting because I hear uh, from some that say, everything's fine. There's no reason for you guys to to fight for any issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll say, I have a friend that's, uh, you know, um, part of this uh, this community and they're doing fine. They have jobs. They're not struggling for anything. They don't feel that there's a need to, to march and protest. And I want to tell them that there, there's been a lot of progress done within the LGBT community, but there's still a long way we have to go. Still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I need them to, to really acknowledge that. Um, yes, it's changed a lot from way back when you know, people are getting beat up on a, on, on a daily and uh, when you had to be closeted in, in the uh, um, armed forces and things of that nature. But, you know, things have eased up, but it's still a struggle for us to really be ourselves um, and have good lives uh, moving forward. So mm. I don't want to hear people say, oh, what, that's, that's been years. Isn't it done already? Why do you have to, you know, fly your flag and show everybody that you're gay? Like, why? You know, that, that kind of thing. It's like all this pride. What for? Like, you, your struggles are over. You don't have to worry about anything. Uh, you know, my kid's out in, in middle school. Like, what's the, like what's, what's the issue now? You know, there's so many liberties and freedoms. And it's like, it's great that you're experiencing that. But that's not the same for everybody around the world. Mm. You know, most people are living in their own bubbles. And that drives me nuts because they feel that, oh, it's safe here. So it's, it's like this, you know, everywhere. And the reality is not. It is absolutely not. Bolivia, it's not. You know, many places in Africa, it's not. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. I, it always cracks me up whenever uh, people are like, oh, well, you don't need to protest this thing because, like, uh, we have this uh, thing now. And it's like... You have that thing because of the protesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't even for a second rest on your laurels. Like, yeah. <laughs> like every single thing that we have now was fought for bitterly. Yeah. Like, and, like you have mm-hmm. these freedoms and you have these rights because people fought for them and because people died for them. Yeah. Like, we mm-hmm. took those. They were not yeah. given to us. Mm-hmm. So, goes, if you're enjoying your shit right now, it's because somebody else fought for you. 100%. And we still need to do it, so they need to hop on board and become the young leaders, you know, mm-hmm. to continue this process mm-hmm. so we don't take steps back and, you know, be back to where we shouldn't be. Yeah. So, yeah. 100%. Also, like... Even if we had fixed everything, which we so clearly have not. No. <laughs> but even if we had, to anyone who'd be like, why are we, why are you doing pride? Like, you know, it's all over. I'd be, I would mm-hmm. like to point them towards, I don't know, the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> A literally annual event of shit that happened in 1778. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so let's yeah, celebrate point. let's celebrate mm-hmm. the things that have happened and also we also actively use that time to work on talking extra about the things that still need to get done mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> absolutely yeah gosh Ugh, the inability of people to see outside of their own experiences i i think people think that 
oppression is just something it just means something bad is happening to me (laughs) (laughs) or i don't like this Mm -hmm, and it's like even if you are not actively perceiving every moment of oppression it is still happening it is still having an impact on you like i don't know how many places haven't hired me because i'm transgender i just know of the places that haven't hired me like Mm. you don't you you could not perceive every like i don't know how every single person I pass on the street is gendering me. Yeah. Like, there are, there are things happening around you that you cannot perceive. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> Cece, what is on your gay agenda? So much. My gay agenda is full. Amazing. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, I mean, obviously, continuing to grow, um, let's run. Um, we have new chapters opening up in New York. We're hoping to expand it to um, pretty much every state um, and even extending it uh, internationally. Uh, we have some people that follow us from Kenya. We have some folks that follow us from Bolivia and different places. It would be um, great for me to have this type of environment in those places where it clearly is so needed as well. Um, so to expand, to grow, to continue to foster what we have here at home as well, um, to continue to give back, to continue to be a constant presence, um, to have that visibility and interactions with people uh, that make an impact and make changes and makes you think twice about, you know, oh, um, you know, who you're dealing with. So that is definitely um, at the forefront. Um, obviously, from there, I want to make sure that, um, you know, we continue with traditions here in Philadelphia, as, uh, as other um, states have done with their prides. Um, uh, we are part of our Philly Pride Run, and we've been doing this now for the fourth year in a row. Um, obviously, it's postponed for now because of COVID, but we have turned into a, a virtual run. Um, it's still going to happen on the same day, June 14th, and uh, um, folks are still registering for it. You get a really cool rainbow mask um, that's been upcycled from um, some t-shirts that we had from previous events. So there's parts of that in there and then the rainbow flag on the side as well. Um, And all of this is to do fundraising for the William Way. Um, So we want to make sure that they are still taken care of because they're still providing access to uh, members of our community and making sure that um, the older uh, folks also have access to food and resources. So, um, you know, we're working with the John C. Anderson Apartments uh, to make sure that they're taken care of and, um, you know, just in general, everybody in the community. So we're looking to continue with that. Hopefully at some point we'll have the actual race and everybody can participate. And again, we can run through the streets of Philadelphia as one, um, showing each other support, showing each other, again, that visibility that's so important um, and doing it for a great cause. Um, so that's, you know, really uh, on our plate for now. And then beyond that is to, you know, creating more of a, of a movement, maybe getting into programming for high schools and showing them who we are, um, teaching about tolerance, respect, um, and inclusion, and making sure that that starts at the roots, Um, Mm -hmm. not so much at the level where everybody's comfortable or everybody has gone through some type of fight. It's like we need to get really to the root of, you know, when you're young, you know, this is, you have a a, a plethora of different things that are going to happen to you in life, Um, and there's going to be all kinds of different people, you know, to support you along the way. We are one of them, and you need to know that early on. You need to start forming those relationships and looking um, at members of our LGBT community in a a brighter light. You know, we're not scary people. Uh, We're not here, 
to steal children away and, and, and change lives and for the worse, you know, right. it's, mm. it, it's not that. Um, so yeah, getting that message out and having those connections and developing those meaning relationships um, with members of our community, um, I think it's so, so crucial. Yeah. As somebody who one of my first crushes was in middle school in seventh grade mm-hmm. on a girl on my cross country team that would have like having queer runners show up at my school and be like, Hey, gay people are here. Also yeah. they run too. That would have <laughs> literally changed everything for me. Like uh, 100%. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, when I look back at my childhood, I was like, who could I, I was waiting for someone to say, okay, this is me too. Mm. You know, anyone. And I think it would have changed so many things. Um, definitely lessened the anxiety and, you know, about yeah. coming to terms with who I was and doing it earlier and, and having the confidence to say, this is me and it's okay. And I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be able to maneuver through life. It's not, you know, like a, a handicap that I, I won't be able to do certain things. You know, I need encouragement and I need support. And for people to see that a little bit more clearly earlier, I think can definitely um, make an, a bigger impact in the end. Yeah. And Amazing. Fun. I love so you're cross country. I didn't. Yeah. Know, I didn't know you were a runner. That that's tough. Cross country is tough. Oh yeah. I mean, I I just did it in seventh grade, and then I found theater and <laughs> stopped doing cross country. So I would not. I would not still consider myself a runner. I have the capacity to run. <laughs> well, you got through cross country. I think you can possibly get through anything. So yeah. Mm. Amazing. All right. Great. So let's do the game. All right. Hello, everyone. It's me, your camp counselor, Jen. And today I'm actually going to put on my coach hat for the first annual My Gay Agenda Triathlon. All right. Uh, A triathlon is a multi-sport race with three continuous and sequential endurance races. This is an audio format. (laughs) (laughs) So what I've done instead is I have taken three different games we have played on My Gay Agenda before and made very brief, shortened versions of them and then crammed them together into a combo of three. (laughs) All right. So we'll do the My Gay Agenda triathlon. Now, CC, CJ is not part of the game construction, so you can consider them um, a lifeline or your relay teammate, whatever you need. Are you ready for the first event? The first event is, of course... A classic of the show, All Your Faves Are Gay. So we'll just make it real simple and we'll ask, who do you think is the gayest Disney princess? Gayest Disney princess, wow. <laughs> it's very subjective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> princess. I'll also accept gayest Disney prince or gayest Disney sidekick. Sure. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Disney, Disney. Um, the gayest, the gayest. <laughs> This is a tough one. Can I turn to CJ? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> I, I know quite a bit about Disney. Um, I don't want to be that person that's like Merida's the gayest because she doesn't wind up with anybody at the end, but she exudes an incredibly big lesbian energy that mm. I appreciate um, even beyond that. So my answer, like, my answer always changes, absolutely always <laughs> changes, but today it's Merida. All right. Cece, do you accept that answer? 
I accepted. All right, Merida, gay as Disney princess. Excellent. That's the first event down. <laughs> Second event will be a brief version of another favorite of mine. Uh, gay for wordplay. <laughs> so I will do a quick uh, clue about a sports term, but it's also going to be a pun with gay stuff. Hopefully it'll be... Uh, well hinted at in the thing um i think it'll be easier if i just say it (laughs) (laughs) all right so the first one is a race between two or more teams of homosexual contestants each homosexual contestant being relieved by a homosexual teammate after running part of the distance their relay yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it's a pun so it's a (laughs) re-gay Oh, boy. It's not my best <laughs> work. Not my best oh, work. Oh, Rige. I like that. <laughs> All right. That then... could be an event for last one, Rige. <gasps> Please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. All right. And then we have a second one here in this con- uh, this category, which is, uh, don't be confused by the similarity of this event's name to the title of this game. It's a winter sport that combines cross-country skiing and rifle shooting, as performed by athletes who are attracted to two or more genders. Uh, two is well. That would be, I guess, the uh, a biathlon. Yes, biathlon. <laughs> All right, that's two events down. The final event of the triathlon is our queer rankings. So for this, we will simply decide what is the gayest sport, a middle gay sport, and then like the straightest sport. Again, super mm. subjective. It can change tomorrow, but what are we feeling in this moment? <laughs> Gay sport, I would have to say wrestling. Mm. Ooh, yes, that's a strong answer. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Crushed it. So wrestling is our top tier gay sport. What's the like, straightest sport we can think of that feels right in this moment? Oh, man, I guess I would have to say maybe tennis or golf. Mm. Mm. I feel like I, either one of those are pretty uh, heterosexual. Yeah, I think yeah. they're both near the bottom there. I I agree with golf. I think mini golf jumps up in gayness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, it, regular, that's amazing, yeah. Regular golf is down there. Any, any game that relies so heavily on aesthetics and colors <laughs> is not <Yes>. heterosexual. <laughs> and then like a middle of the road five on the scale of one to ten gayness what's like the sport right in the middle between golf and wrestling <laughs> i would probably have to say rugby yes huh yes i agree strongly that is a, yes these are some yeah. very good queer rankings wonderful yeah. all right you have finished the first right. annual my gay agenda triathlon Woo-hoo! hooray congratulations <laughs> do i get a medal yes <laughs> It's a virtual medal. It's an audio medal. <laughs> it's just us shouting, collection. woo. <laughs> that works. Congratulations on completing this triathlon, Cece. Uh, anything you want to plug? Yes, absolutely. So besides Let's Run, of course, come check us out. We uh, are, um, well, we we normally would meet every Wednesday, 6.15 at Philadelphia Runner. Um, but you can follow us on social um, media, Instagram, Facebook, and also Meetup. 
Let's Run Philadelphia, uh, Let's Run um, just for Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we are part of Philly Pride Run. Philly Pride Run happens every year at the same time as the Philly Pride Parade. This year, had it has been postponed, um, so we're waiting for a new date to come up. But in the meantime, we do have the virtual run that is happening on June 14th. Registration is open for the virtual run. Uh, with registration, you get a, um, a mask that is rainbow, and it's also um, the other portion is uh, upcycled material from shirts from previous years uh, that weren't used, obviously, <laughs> um, and they're handmade. Um, so a really cool item to have, especially now that it's much needed, whether you're going out or being active or just going to the store, so you can use that. Um, all the proceeds go to the William Way, and we're hoping to raise as much as we can to help them out. Um, and uh, our partners from Philadelphia Runner have jumped in and are also giving out um, four gift certificates. We're going to have a random raffle, so anybody who registers by May 31st is um, eligible to, to possibly win. Uh, anybody who registers for the 5K can also get, um, if you're first place for your division, you can get cash prizes as well as for the fun run. You can do, you can dress up for the fun run, send us a selfie of um, what you're wearing, how festive it is, and you could potentially also win some ca uh, cash prizes. Amazing. So again, all the benefits to the William Way. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That sounds like a hoot. <laughs> it, it is. Please sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm looking it up right away. Uh, hmm. Yes. If anyone wants to tweet more gay sports rankings at me, I'm on Twitter at underscore glittergoblin underscore, and I link to other social medias from there. Great, and you can find My Gay Agenda on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to um, follow on Spotify, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts. That is the best way to know when episodes are being released in media res, uh, especially considering our goofy schedule that I am I'm I'm trying to get it back on track, everybody, but, like, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, whatever that winds up being. Um, thank you uh, just all the time to our listeners for understanding that stuff's a little wacky right now, but we're trying to get stuff out to you at least twice a month, whatever day that happens. Mm -hmm. um, you can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at GayAgendaCast. And if you like what we do and you want to join in on a uh, financial level, then you can also join us on Patreon. Mm -hmm. Much like Rachel did that one huge leap in, uh, what's it called? She did track and field and she did like the thing where you, javelin. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. the uh, pole vault. Pole vault. Pole vault. Yeah. Pole vault. Pole vault. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, pole vault, Higgins, and Tiny Snail are both supporters of us on Patreon, as well as many other folks. So just hop on in there. Um, mm -hmm. Again, thank you all so much for your patience. And let's turn it to Jay with the outro. Ah, until next time, put this in your gay agenda. Fight the power. Love yourself. Do something a little active today. Maybe some yoga, maybe a walk, maybe a run. A big stretch. Maybe some tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our gay agenda. <laughs>